Fios is not cable. We're wired differently, which means you can get the fastest internet available with equal upload and download speeds from 50 to 500 megs. So you can upload 200 photos before your favorite song is finished. Click the ad and switch to Fios today to get our best offer ever. Welcome to Mind, Body, Spirit, Living a Holistic Life with your host, Renee David Alkali. Are you searching for the path to the discovery of wholeness and balance in your life? We'll discuss the future of holistic health care and how the concepts discussed on today's show can help you make better choices in your life. Now, here's your host, Renee David Alkali. Good morning and welcome to Mind, Body, Spirit, Living a Holistic Life. Happy to be with you again this morning and to continue our discussion on on these very important subjects, subjects that can make a difference uh, in your life, in your health, and in some cases may save your life. So, um, continuing with the topic that um, we... uh, we began with last uh, in the last uh, session. We're talking about um, sugar, uh, fiber, and I'm going to also add uh, a little bit about exercise today, about fitness. <clears throat> so we left off, I think, uh, discussing a little bit about vitamin C, and of course, the name that's most associated with vitamin C and the research is Linus Pauling. Uh, he certainly did. Uh, tremendous amount of research and work with vitamin C. But there are many other researchers that have also duplicated and carried on his work. So vitamin C is certainly one of the antioxidants along with vitamin E. The idea of an antioxidant is that it will scavenge free radicals in the body and, um, and protect against their formation. Uh, Free radicals, for those of you that are not familiar with the concept, are an additional um, uh, cell uh, that's formed that, um, it's not a cell, it's a um, a molecule that um, then can convert into inflammatory issues or cancer cells. So uh, we all form free radicals. Uh, certainly throughout the day, and the body knows how to handle them if given the right tools, and those right tools are um, antioxidants. The, uh, uh, for example, uh, with, the, with the inclusion of uh, vitamin E, um, the, uh, uh, that will, will begin to break down the peroxides uh, in the system, and um, uh, vitamin E is certainly very protective of the heart. A little, imp- quite, a, quite a bit important. The uh, uh, we don't we don't need to be uh, fitness fanatics, but exercise increases the amount of collateral circulation, and that definitely reduces instances of sudden death from heart attack. Uh, we need good circulation. One of my favorite little additives as a food is cayenne pepper. Cayenne pepper will certainly increase circulation in the body, heats up the body and opens the circulation. Another protective feature um, to increase the good cholesterol, known as HDL, um, is uh, we can ask, in fact, what's the advantage of elevating HDL levels? This question was addressed by... um, 
some researchers at the Helsinki Heart Study, a study called the Helsinki Heart Study, and it showed that in uh, about 4,000 middle-aged men with abnormally high blood fat levels, if the HDL cholesterol was significantly reduced, heart attacks could, in fact, be predicted to occur uh, with only an 8% increase in the good cholesterol uh, there was a significant reduction in the risk of heart disease. Uh, the reduction was about 23%, according to the Helsinki Heart Study. Now, if you're healthy, you don't need to wait to begin a program of some kind of fitness and exercise. Uh, if you have physical issues, of course, you might want to consult with a uh, physical therapist or a physiologist or a fitness trainer and really get evaluated. But as far as just starting some kind of fitness and exercise, keep in mind that aerobic exercise is really the way to achieve the kind of results that were noted in the Helsinki Heart Study. First, we determine the maximum heart rate for our age, and that's easy enough. Uh, if you have a piece of paper with you where you are now, you might want to note this formula. You simply uh, take the number 220 and you subtract your age from that. This will give you the capability of your heart to beat. And of course, all of these are uh, averages. Uh, certainly, there are uh, people who may be at different ends of this equation. And we don't want to exercise at a maximum rate. A maximum, to take the heart to its maximum, really strains the heart, severely, actually. So what we do then is once we've subtracted the age from the number 220, we multiply that number by 65%. Uh, this is the level at which you want to exercise aerobically. You can check your heart rate. There are um, little attachments you can place on your finger or on your belt, um, you can put a, certainly across the chest. There are all kinds of monitors um, in the fitness industry that you can apply. These aren't in the medical industry, actually. They're from the fitness industry. And you begin your workout and get to 65%. If you can uh, stay at 65% of your, uh, your heart rate, target heart rate, uh, then you're really increasing uh, uh, your, your aerobic fitness and strengthening your heart and decreasing your risk of heart disease by, as I said, 23% or more. Um, you check your heart rate as you work out. Uh, I would say you can gradually increase your exercise to get your heart rate up to 70% of this number. And eventually, as you become more fit, take it up to 80%. But we do not want to exceed 80% of our heart rate potential. Um, so that's, that's the formula, and it will work for you, and it will make a dramatic difference in your life. We're not speaking about over-exercising, which can stress the, the body. But uh, if you can keep your heart at that rate for about 20 minutes, so let's say doing a 30-minute workout, uh, you can start with a five-minute work warm-up of sorts, get your heart rate up to that 65%, keep it there for 20 minutes, and then maybe a five-minute cool-down. 
That's it. Thirty minutes. It's not a not a big deal, and the the shift in your health will be dramatic. Uh, by the way, as a uh, as an additional benefit for those of you that are trying to lose some weight, weight loss by diet alone is, as one of my teachers a long time ago said, um, is like getting into a boxing ring with a with a boxer and having one hand tied behind your back. We want an intelligent program, and that should consist of intelligent eating um, as well as an intelligent fitness program, exercise program. uh, So what kind of exercise can you do? Brisk walking is fine if you can take your heart rate up with a brisk walk to that rate. Uh, If you can't, you might need to do some amount of jogging, um, swimming, is is also possible. If you cannot do those, um, you don't have access to a pool or your joints don't do well with uh, jogging. Then uh, my one of my favorite exercises is a uh, rebounder, mini trampoline. I don't really recommend the ones that are sold in most uh, sporting goods stores because the spring system is very tight. And you're not gaining anything over jogging with that, except it's, you can do more variations of exercises. The reason is it's just as difficult and impact-based on the joints. However, there are one or two um, rebounders that are recommended in the orthopedic community, and they're a different spring system. They're very healing for the joints. They're much softer and um, they're a little more expensive for sure, but not, not terribly. And uh, if you're interested in one of those, you can find information on my website, uh, which is genesishealthbeauty.com. You'll find information about those particular kinds of rebounders. That's genesishealthbeauty.com. A tremendous amount of variety on it. And when we consider cost, uh, a um, uh, a treadmill, a good treadmill, we're not talking about a cheap one, but a good quality treadmill, is going to run anywhere between $1,500 and $2,000. And basically, it's very limited what you can do on it. You can walk or you can jog. Um, that's about it. Or you can use it as a coat hanger. That's the third use, which a lot of people, unfortunately, use it for that. A mini rebounder does not take as much space, doesn't need electricity, and a good quality, unlike the ones you find in most sporting goods stores, which are really kind of cheap and hard spring system, but a good quality orthopedic-based uh, rebounder is going to cost you about 300 to $350, uh, a very small amount compared to a treadmill. And you can jump on them, you can do routines on them, you can do jumping jacks, you can do high knee lifts, you can work your obliques. Um, It's just a great, great little uh, thing to have. You don't need to go outside. I would recommend if you're using one of those that you do it summer and winter, no matter when it is, with an open window and next to an open window. So that you're breathing, you're circulating oxygen into your system that's fresh. Um, we we talk a lot about air pollution, and that's uh, true. But uh, if we look at statements by the Department of uh, Environmental Protection, the 
the Department of Health and other government agencies, we find that 80 to 90 percent of the air pollution is inside our homes, not outside our homes. So if you're going to work out in your house, summer or winter, I suggest open a window and get some good air exchange, good oxygen exchange. So that's that's um, one suggestion that I, I definitely uh, would make to uh, to anyone out there. Um, Okay, uh, let's continue our subject. Uh, you can, uh, uh, next time you, you go for a serum cholesterol check, um, be sure that the subfractions of different kinds of cholesterol are mentioned. You know, you can ask your doctor for that analysis. The goal really is to achieve a ratio of total cholesterol to HDL, um, cholesterol uh, probably below 4.5. I'll give you an example. If your total cholesterol is 250 milligrams uh, mg over DL and your HDL cholesterol is 40 mg DL, divide by 250, divide 250 by 40. Right? You take those two numbers. This is equal to a 6.0 ratio, which is way above what we want it to be. If you have a 200 mgdl total cholesterol, divide 200 by 50 mgdl HDL cholesterol, and that yields a 4.0 ratio, which is where we want it to be. Uh, and please don't be satisfied until your total cholesterol is within is less than and within a ratio of less than 4.5. I've mentioned before that there is controversy on this subject. So as I give this information, I'm also giving you what is standard standard knowledge about it. There are dissenting voices, and uh, I do want you to know that. Uh, certainly you might want to read a book called The Cholesterol Myth by a Dr. Ravznikov, I believe. And he really... Um, is quite an expert on cholesterol, and he does not agree with much of um, much of uh, revealed knowledge about the subject, or quote revealed uh, close quote knowledge. So what we're talking about is, is general uh, general information that um, is accepted and uh, is probably good to work with until you find some a, a deeper way. Um, there's another important nutrient that elevates the HDL, and <coughs> sorry, and that's a substance called lecithin. Uh, lecithin is an emulsifier. It really comes to strip the plaque off the artery wall. It's a great nutrient, and it's found in plant and animal tissues. And <coughs> sorry, <coughs> excuse me a little dust in the office. Um, generally, it's commercially extracted from egg yolks and also from soybeans. Uh, lecithin is really an essential substance in keeping fatty acids or triglycerides in the blood in check and also the good cholesterol at its proper level. You know, there's been a lot of mention that, um, that we ought to not eat uh, eggs because they'll raise the bad cholesterol or they'll create plaque on uh, on the on the arterial wall 
And um, that may be true, uh, except for one little factor, that the egg is really a perfect food. And the egg yolk uh, is one of the highest sources of lecithin, um, as well as cholesterol. So the egg yolk is filled with cholesterol and lecithin. So the cholesterol, when you cook cholesterol, you cannot destroy it. it. You know, you could cook it for a thousand years and it'll be cholesterol. Lecithin, however, is heat sensitive. Uh, once you cook the egg to the point where the yellow is hard, you've destroyed the lecithin. So even though the egg yolk is cholesterol, it's also high in lecithin, and it's a perfectly balanced food. But when we cook it, we create an imbalanced food. So often it's not the food itself, it's how we prepare it. As long as the yellow is runny, you've really kept most of the lecithin, and you don't have any problems with eggs. I don't care what your cholesterol is. The egg is a perfect food. Just keep the egg uh, yellow runny. So, you know, don't hard boil the egg, so to speak. Uh, you can have a soft-boiled egg with the yellow runny, or you can uh, you can have a sunny side up, and where if you puncture the yellow, it will run over your plate. And make sure you, you uh, consume that. Uh, there, there's a lot of studies. Scientists have shown that lecithin boards the cholesterol in the artery wall back to the liver. And, of course, at the liver, it's metabolized. Uh, another important factor about lecithin, that it acts as a uh, surfactant. Uh, it allows water and, uh, or oil or blood and fat to mix. It's a component of bile. It helps in the absorption and digestion of fats. Wonderful substance. Uh, another important component of lecithin is choline. Choline, for those of you that know or don't know, is one of the B vitamins. And choline helps with liver metabolism. It's also a component of a hormone in the brain called acetylcholine. And that plays a role in, the, in a very intricate uh, process of information transfer. It's uh, acetylcholine. Uh, that's believed to provide um, uh, provide uh, the, the nourishment for our learning and for our memory. Another aspect of lecithin, so it's one of my favorite substances and my favorite foods. It's a nerve food. Um, if you if you think about nerves, they begin and end at millions of points in the body. It's not like one long nerve from brain to to wherever, but rather there's a lot of synapse, synapses, synaptic connections between the neurons as nerve pathways are produced. And acetylcholine carries messages from one nerve to the other to keep uh, the conduction of an impulse moving in the right direction. Without acetylcholine, you couldn't even raise your arm or blink, blink your eye. So... Um, so where do we find this? As I said, good levels of lecithin are found in eggs. <laughs> but since so many people are taking eggs out of the diet because of uh, of the misinformation about an egg and the fact that it raises cholesterol, um, we we we've come to the point where one or two eggs is, a week is considered acceptable. Um, but certainly one or a, a few few eggs per week 
are still acceptable, no matter what your philosophy may be about the cholesterol part. But it depends on how you cook the egg. Remember, how you cook the egg. You can get the most benefit from the lecithin in the egg on how you cook it. Uh, if we find that we bake the egg or soft boil or poach or sunny side up, um, as long as the yellow is runny, we will preserve the lecithin, and it does not convert a lot of the cholesterol to cholesterol. So these are very important considerations for us to to understand it's not always the food, but how we prepare the food. Everyone, of course, is aware that uh, fried foods are not particularly healthy for us, even though we like the way they taste. One day we'll have, perhaps in one show, we'll talk about the idea of uh, or maybe later today, fried foods and cooked oils and the problem with those. Um, uh, I've gone past the point where I usually take a little break, so I'm going to take a moment's break to welcome you to this program. For those of you just listening, uh, you're listening to Mind, Body, Spirit, Living a Holistic Life with myself, your host, Renee David Alkali. I am a board-certified naturopathic doctor working in alternative and complementary medicine and mind-body medicine. My practice is in Queens, New York, although I uh, have clients from all over the world via Skype or email or telephone. Uh, you can find more information about me and the practice that I, that I do uh, at uh, my website, www dot genesis g-e-n-e-s-i-s health beauty genesis health beauty dot com um, we uh, if i can help you with any issues please contact me and um, that is what i do throughout the week every day except for one day a week so um we also have a non-for-profit organization the genesis society dot Org, where we provide um, free programs for veterans and children with cancer. And um, those programs are only possible by your support. Please get on our site, make a contribution, support our work. And um, I thank you uh, very sincerely for giving us your support, for allowing us to continue to do that work. So... Um, Oh, one final thing I should mention, we also have an in-reach program where we will bring health programs, seminars, workshops, uh, uh, classes in yoga, tai chi, dance, meditation, breath work into your organization or corporation. That's part of our corporate wellness in-reach program. Uh, we do that in conjunction with, um, uh, we partner with Joy Jangdari. And um, we'll be happy to discuss any of those needs with you and see if we're a good match. So going back to uh, our topic, we've been talking about lecithin and, uh, and cholesterol and eggs and so forth. Um, there were some studies at Rockefeller University um, that really came to the conclusion that eggs might not be as bad as many people make them out to be. Um, what, that's, what those studies found is that only 20% of men who ate high cholesterol diets or equivalent to three eggs uh, daily for three weeks 
really experience blood cholesterol increases of more than 10%, while 14% excreted the extra cholesterol. And the other 66% test, uh, that were tested really maintained the same blood cholesterol equi- equilibrium. And uh, they did that by increasing metabolic changes that handled the cholesterol. So the hypothesis there was that lecithin in the egg protects the body from the egg cholesterol. And that is, of course, <laughs> the, the case that I'm presenting here. <coughs> I'm not... <laughs> I'm certainly not recommending that you eat three to four eggs a day, uh, especially if you're a non-active person. Um, because bottom line is they are a source of fat, cholesterol, and protein. But So do I believe that reducing uh, fat and protein are good reasons for reducing the consumption of eggs, uh, not just cholesterol? Yeah, there's probably something to that. Uh, the the American diet certainly overconsumes fat and protein. Uh, as you know from previous shows that I've done, I'm not a believer in low-fat foods. I think uh, we need to eat whole-fat foods. But if we're looking at uh, quantities and amounts, that's a different matter. Um, for the average person uh, who is not a professional athlete, the amount of protein that we need to consume, for example, is anywhere between 0.6 to 0.8 grams per kilogram of body weight. So let's say you you have 60%, uh, you weigh 60 kilograms. Um, you know, if we do eight, so 48 grams of protein is fine. If you're eating more than that, then the rest of that is going to be converted to fat uh, and storage or, or or carbohydrate are used in some way. It's not going to be used as protein. So you're not getting extra protein benefit. And the problem with eating a lot of protein, of course, is that unlike carbohydrates and fats, it um, it's high in nitrogen. And nitrogen is very hard on the liver. So if you're eating a lot of protein, you also need to be drinking um, uh, a lot of water because we want to get that nitrogen out of the system. So uh, quantities, so here we, we have some principles. It's not always the food, it's how it's prepared, and it's quantities, quantities of the different macronutrients. The macronutrients are carbohydrates, lipids or fats, and proteins. And for those of you that aren't familiar with the terminology, there's macronutrients and micronutrients. Micronutrients... Uh, are vitamins and minerals. Um, so these are, you know, these considerations ought, ought to be with you and really plan plan your life intelligently. Um, if you're attempting to lower your blood serum cholesterol to some kind of ideal, if you believe in the fact of lowering your cholesterol, let's say to 160 to 180 milligrams percentage rate, um, then certainly we we want to be aware of what kind of foods we're eating that can be healing or reversing what's going on in our body. Generally, I'm going to say the egg is a healthy food and very balanced in its protein concentration, providing it's not overcooked. Okay, providing it's not overcooked. <coughs> <coughs> 
there was a great discovery that was made uh, some time ago uh, of an ingredient called CSA. Uh, CSA is a uh, mucopolysaccharide substance, which is really derived from cartilage. Um, and <coughs> we find that arteries contain CSA. It's a CSA is chondroitin sulfate A. And this nutrient really tends to keep the artery clear of plaque. Uh, so uh, this is really for for arterial health, the CSA. But the, the bad news, of course, is, and there is always good and bad news for everything, there is some bad news here. We lose CSA as we get older. Uh, CSA is generally found in very high levels in the aorta, which is the largest blood vessel that leads into the heart. CSA is also responsible for keeping the the correct substances diffusing into the artery, artery wall. It helps absorption of certain minerals, <laughs> of ions. It helps with pH balance. The... Uh, it helps with the health of elastic fibers. In general, it helps the strength of the matrix of the arterial wall. Uh, for example, when you when you uh, move your nose, like uh, remember that um, that show with uh, Samantha, the Good Witch, and she would wiggle her nose and create some kind of a spell. Well, the only reason she could do that was because of uh, the CSA component. If you want to snap your fingers um, or any body parts that are flexible, it's because cartilage has flexibility because of its CSA component. And that's very true of the arteries. The research that we have has shown that if you eat CSA, it can help restore CSA in the arterial wall. Um, there was a three-year study in which uh, clot formation... <laughs> Time was studied uh, in, in different groups of patients, including a group of patients suffering with angina. Uh, and certainly that those members of the group with previous heart attacks the, and those that had a history of heart disease um, were symptom-free while they were taking CSA. Patients with non-cardiac-related problems also had major benefits. So it's not a definitive study, of course, but the most important finding of that study was that patients with angina really had significantly longer thrombosis formation times, and their pain was much less in intensity and duration. In many cases, it was completely subsided. So this evidence was presented um, uh, uh, along with additional uh, evidence when um, the heart disease patients were treated orally over a six-year period. So during this long-term study, the incidence of fatal heart attacks reduced in the treated group compared to the untreated group by 400%. And there were no clinical side effects for taking CSA. That's a great, uh, a great thing to look for and to take. The, there's an impressive study that came... Uh, uh, from Japan, there we found that CSA would lower blood fats and cholesterol in laboratory animals. But much more significantly, 
The research showed that radioactively labeled cholesterol from human aortas that's exposed to small amounts of CSA were cleared from atheromatous plaques in arterial walls. And from all the different fractions of mucopolysaccharides that were tested, CSA was found to reverse a hardening of the arteries more effectively than anything else. There are many, uh, uh, certainly, case histories that we can look at uh, in, in this relation, and you can Google that and get more information on this. Um, the point here is, uh, and then we'll take another moment's break, the point is that vitamins can help us, uh, regular exercise can help us. A reduction in the fat, salt, and sugar consumption, very intelligent. Uh, and with these, you'll most likely experience substantial improvement in circulation, a reduction in serum cholesterol, um, and overall health. You know, they're not hard principles. Just make sure you're getting the right nutrients into your body. Don't put garbage into your body. You know, with computers, we say garbage in, garbage out. Well, the body's pretty much the same way. Uh, it just takes a little longer for the body to realize it's got a lot of garbage in it before we start breaking down. Mm. One of the, um, I'm trying to think of the, the research, but one of the great researchers in this field is Dean Ornish and certainly Sandra McLanahan. And they published some research papers in, the, uh, in JAMA, you know, the Journal of the American Medical Association. And their papers demonstrated that 24 days of incorporating exercise with a reduction of stress and improved diet improved total cardiac work output by 55%. There was also improvement in the regional heart wall motion during peak exercise, a 21% reduction in plasma cholesterol. 91% of the people with angina pain had a decrease in the frequency of angina at the end of 24 days. Uh, you know, these kind of studies give us very clear evidence that diet, exercise, and stress reduction have a significant and immediate benefit um, for those people suffering from heart disease. One of my favorite exercises is yoga. For those of you that know me, of course, uh, you know that aside from my work as a naturopath, uh, I am a certified yoga teacher and yoga therapist. Um, I've been teaching yoga for many years, not as much lately as I used to. I'm a little busy but I still keep teaching one or two classes every week, and I do my own practice pretty much daily. Other things that are very helpful that have been shown to be helpful are hypnosis. I would definitely put yoga first on that list. Then there's hypnosis, there's relaxation exercises, music, um, certainly a healthy intake of vitamins and minerals. All of these should have a place in your life. Uh, in some way uh, to to assure that you live a healthy life, that you're not running to uh, uh, to the emergency room or to the hospital or to, to your doctor every other week. Um, and if you're one of those people, m many of whom I get to talk to, who tell me they have no time, 
I'm going to say that make the time. Just make the time. Um, you know, we also have a workshop called Laughter Yoga. Uh, if you don't laugh every day, I'm going to say take some time to have a good laugh. Laughter is very healing. Uh, how about love? Maybe, maybe loving someone or being loved or both. Uh, you know, I don't want to get too uh, religious about it, but if you're, if you're a spiritual person, take some time to pray. These are very healing, very powerful tools. Uh, be friendly. Being friendly is a great road for happiness. Uh, find something to play at. What do you like to play? Play tennis? You want to play ping pong? You want to play chess? Do some kind of a play that you enjoy. It doesn't all have to be physical, but play at something. After all, who who are the people in our society who play? Children, youth, young people play. So if you're older, what happens if you play? Well, maybe you'll find your youth again. You know, uh, take this time to do that. Um, so before we continue, I'm going to just take a moment for those of you just coming on to our show. Uh, you're listening to Mind, Body, Spirit, Living a Holistic Life with me, your host, uh, Renee David Alkali. I am a board-certified naturopath in private practice in Queens, New York. Um, I also have clients from all over the world by via Skype, telephone, or email. Um, you can find more information about me and the work that I do as a naturopath on my website, which is www.genesishealthbeauty.com. Um, I've also founded a non-for-profit quite a few, quite many years ago uh, called genesissociety.org. Uh, there we provide free programs for veterans with PTSD, young adults with mental disabilities, and uh, children with cancer. Those programs are only possible because of your support. I welcome your support, and I am very grateful that you do support us and the work we do so that we can continue to offer these services free of charge. Um, finally, we have a, a corporate wellness program that we bring into corporations. We, we, can, we do this in partnership with Joy Jangdari, uh, and we are prepared to come to your organization, discuss your needs for your employees and for your staff and for your management team, and we will put a wellness package in place for you. It's very important because our motto is healthy employees make for good business, make for healthy business. Um, uh, when employees are healthy and relatively happier, uh, there's better communication, better productivity, less absenteeism. Uh, uh, it comes back many times over in your bottom line, and we're happy to discuss this with you. Uh, so you can call us. You can contact, again, through my website, Genesis Health Beauty, and I will uh, get you over to the right uh, people for our wellness pro corporate wellness program. Um, okay. Let's go back to our subject. I'd like to take a few moments 
um, you know, we finished by quite a few suggestions of what you can do in your life to make your life better. Um, let's take a few moments to talk about salt. Uh, the amount of sodium that we consume, because we're definitely overdosing and overeating sodium. Almost everyone in the United States is. The average American right now is eating uh, between probably between 3,000 and 7,000 micrograms of sodium every day. That's really uh, probably 15 to 25 times the amount that we need for good health. And we know that excessive salt intake is one of the primary risk factors in high blood pressure. Uh, It's also, it leaches calcium from the body. It's a source of migraine headaches. I get a lot of people in my office with migraine headaches. You know, with a good number of these people, when I look at their diet, if I uh, reduce or minimize or eliminate the use of salt, migraine headaches clear up. So, you know, in the meantime, we have all these people with migraine headaches on all kinds of pharmaceutical drugs and uh, you know, uh, pushed into relaxation and meditation programs, which, by the way, are great. Not the pharmaceutical drug part, but, <laughs> but uh, yoga, meditation, all of that's terrific. But bottom line, the migraine headaches might just go away with the reduction, a dramatic reduction in the amount of salt intake. If the um, lower number in your blood pressure that's the diastolic number, is above 90, you're really eight times more likely than the average person to have a stroke, three times more likely to have a heart attack, and four times more likely to suffer congestive heart failure. Um, Where do we find the highest concentrations of sodium uh, in processed foods is where we find them. Because about 75% of our sodium comes from processed foods alone. Natural foods contain about 10%. And in the home, then, we add another 15%. So when we're looking at high amounts of sodium, they also increase our need for calcium. Uh, What happens when we're leaching calcium? Well, we're weakening the bones, especially for women postmenopausally. Uh, we're looking at the development of uh, osteoporosis. Uh, There was a study that showed that doubling the amount of sodium from 3,000 to 6,000 micrograms causes a 20% increase in loss of calcium from the body. The NIH, uh, that's the National Institute of Health, uh, has stated that we're already calcium deficient. So, at the very least, let's start cutting down on sodium in our diet. Come on, people, get um, get those brains working and figure out that we can use foods to heal ourselves or to kill ourselves. So instead of eating ourselves into disease, uh, how about eating ourselves into better health? Um, and I'm not being fanatic here, you know. If you're going to go out and have a piece of cheesecake or have something very salty once a week, you know, that's not going to hurt you. Uh, If you're going to be doing this on a daily basis, day in, day out, yes, 
there's going to be an accumulation. And are there people who can eat the worst garbage and still get away with it and nothing seems to happen? Yes, but those aren't, that's not the rule. Those are the exceptions. Are, you know, people say to me, well, I know somebody who eats the worst diet, never exercises, and they live to 100. Okay, that's true. There are people like that. That doesn't mean that that's an intelligent way to live or an intelligent way to be. It means that there are some people who have iron constitutions, and you could probably get them to eat rocks, and that wouldn't bother them either. Uh, I, I'm not speaking about those kind of exceptions. There is a general rule that if, uh, if products contain less than 125 micrograms of sodium per serving, that they're generally safe. And if it's more than that, watch out. You know, look at your labels. Um, uh, and you can't trust the term low sodium because low sodium really means 140 micrograms or less. We want less than 125 micrograms. So you want to strive for really sodium-free foods uh, or make those the majority of the foods. We have a number of studies that have shown us that uh, calcium supplements can lower blood pressure, can also lower cholesterol, by the way. Um, we've seen that 1,600 micrograms of total calcium a day, if we use it as supplementation, lowers the cholesterol by 48 points. And the triglycerides by 115 points. That's in people with elevated fat levels in the blood. Um, we've also seen the calcium carbonate lowers cholesterol. And other products don't have the same effect. I have some problems with calcium uh, supplementation. And that's a whole talk in itself. So I'm not going to delve into that right now. But... Um, I would much rather see you eating less sodium, high-sodium foods, and higher calcium foods, not to take supplementation. I'm not a big fan, of, generally, of pills. Um, we can draw some important conclusions uh, from some of the scientific research. And most of what we're saying will hold true for a lot of people. Who, uh, who really follows some dietary guidelines, which I'm going to hopefully have time to give you today. Otherwise, we'll go through it next week. Um, so uh, there are some nutritional homeopathic formulas that are used in various studies. Uh, I'm not going to go through those. But let's let's get to some conclusions here. Just I'll summarize. Uh, summarizing what we've talked about, uh, we can say that um, if we reduce salt consumption, we can lower blood pressure and help to prevent strokes. Uh, if we're eating a starch and fresh vegetable-based diet with fruit, that helps reduce the incidence of heart disease, stroke, and cancer. Um, if we're exercising, yoga, exercise, yoga, hypnosis, if we combine that with some dietary changes <laughs> to avoid fats, uh, changes to avoid fats, these <laughs> have been shown to reverse atherosclerotic plaques uh, in, in constricted arteries. Um, if we use polyunsaturated cold-pressed or expeller-pressed 
virgin or unrefined vegetable oils. That does offer us also some additional protection from heart disease and cancer, as well as other diseases, degenerative diseases. Um, Cooking, on the other hand, with virgin olive or expeller-pressed unrefined canola oil will lower serum cholesterol for a vast majority of people. But when we cook other oils than these, of all refined oils, monounsaturates like canola oil are really the safest. Once we cook an oil, we're creating uh, a real, uh, we're creating the, the groundwork for free radicals. We're changing what's called the cis formation into a trans fatty formation. Um, not a good idea. Even though I've said cooking with virgin olive oil, expressed, uh, express, expeller pressed uh, unrefined oils is okay. Uh, in my in my own life, I don't cook with oils, and I don't really care to do that. I have a little virgin olive oil with some uh, raw apple cider vinegar as a nice, or some lemon as a nice uh, salad dressing. I don't really recommend cooking with oils at all. Um, reducing beef, pork, poultry, and dairy foods has been shown to reduce serum cholesterol and triglycerides. I'm not saying cut it out. I'm saying reduce. That's all. We're eating way too much protein in our society. Also, increasing the consumption of fish. Uh, I'm a vegetarian, so this doesn't help me much, but certainly if we consume 10 ounces of fish per week and or use fish uh, oil supplements, that also significantly reduces the risk of heart attack or stroke. Those are your you know, very high in your omega-3s, for example, omega-6, omega-9. What else, what other things can we say to conclude? Um, We've talked about polyunsaturated, cold-pressed and expeller-pressed oils, um, reducing salt consumption. If we increase dietary fiber to at least 30 grams per day, that will improve elimination and also significantly reduce the incidence of certain bowel diseases, including uh, colon cancer. Uh, There's supplements that can be taken, psyllium, for example, and oat bran fiber can be used as a supplement. Um, If we're eating a a starch and fresh vegetable-based diet and fruit, we've already said that uh, reduces the incidence of uh, cancer and stroke and heart disease. Um, balanced optimum potency vitamins, <laughs> minerals, <coughs> and target nutrients and supplements like CSA and lecithin. Um, again, I'm not a big believer in pills, but we we live in a world that's so polluted and depletes us so much that some type of an intelligent vitamin mineral supplement may make sense only because we don't live in a world where the food supply is able to give us what we need. Uh, The earth has been (laughs) weakened. (laughs) As a result, the nutrients that we're getting from the earth, as, uh, as powerful as they were when we had richer soils, so there are a lot of considerations, but certainly CSA and lecithin are wonderful supplements. Uh, exercise we've spoken about, 
And lastly, I guess avoiding free radicals. Uh, free radicals are found in alcohol, smoking, fried foods, which I touched upon, a lot of chemicals in our food supply, certainly the chlorinated water. Uh, and there's also other sources uh, uh, that if we avoid these, we will increase health and longevity. So that that takes us through the conclusions and um, through the majority of what I wanted to cover with you. Uh, I will take this time to once again uh, mention what you're listening to for those of you that aren't familiar with us. You're listening to Mind, Body, Spirit, Living a Holistic Life with myself, your host, Rene David Alkali. I am a board-certified naturopathic doctor in private practice in Queens, New York. My website uh, regarding my practice is www.genesishealthbeauty.com. Um Although I'm locally in New York, I have clients all over the world via Skype, uh, telephone, email. Uh, If you have any issues that are not resolving uh, or that uh, your medical practitioner is not able to help you with, perhaps a complimentary program is called for, and I will be very happy to consult with you and see if I can be of service in bringing you once again to a place of Uh, optimal health. We also have a non-for-profit organization called GenesisSociety.org. There we provide free programs for veterans with PTSD, young adults with mental disabilities, and children with cancer. Those programs are only possible because of your generous support, and I am very grateful to you for making it possible for us to offer these programs free of charge and to continue to help our community in that way. Finally, we have an in-reach program where we will bring health programs into your organization or corporation for your employees and your management team. And uh, our motto is healthy employees make for healthy business. And uh, it's absolutely true. If you, We do this in partnership with Joy Jangdari. If you're interested in learning more, please contact me through my website. And um, we'll be happy to come out and meet with you and discuss your needs and uh, create a program for you that will improve the health of your of your business. The bottom line is if you have healthier employees and management, you have better cooperation, less absenteeism, um, uh, better productivity, and our programs are not very pricey, but they're very comprehensive, and you will see the results in your bottom line, absolutely. No question about it. There are tremendous studies on this that are out there. So we're happy to work with you and help you on that journey. So we we only have uh, a few minutes left, and um, uh, I'm not 100% sure what we we haven't left anything out, but I would say that we can talk briefly for a couple of minutes about RDAs or recommended dietary allowances. 
And the problem I have with RDAs is that they supposedly are for the average person. And the difficulty there is that there is no such thing as an average person. So who are these RDAs for? You know, they're uh, they're certainly not for anyone with any type of condition, and everyone has some kind of condition, on top of which everyone is biochemically different. Um, certainly the nutritional needs of a woman uh, uh, when she's a baby and breastfeeding are one thing. When she's a child and going through growth spurts or something else, when she's a teenager and beginning to having her menstrual cycle, change it needs to change a young woman who is interested in who is getting married and is interested in fertility for childbirth um, or a woman who's had a child and is breastfeeding i'm just taking a woman through the life stages and you can see that rdas don't make a lot of sense but nevertheless we have some guideline for them <coughs> And we work with that guideline. So basically, RDAs, keeping in mind that they they don't ultimately give us what we need. We need to individualize our plans for ourselves at every one of our life stages. And that's going to change because we change. Um, when we talk about RDAs, however, we can say vitamin A, 20,000 IUs, uh, the, uh, the beta carotene. Uh, 25,000 IUs, <laughs> vitamin D, 200 IUs, vitamin E in the form of tocopherol, succinate, 400 IUs. Uh, I'm just putting these out there. You can usually find these charts readily available. But just for general information, vitamin C, 1,200 micrograms, vitamin B1, uh, 100 micrograms, B2, uh, 50 micrograms, niacin, 30, niacinamide, 70. These are all micrograms. Uh, pantothenic acid, 400 uh, micrograms. B6, uh, which is pyridoxin, vitamin B12, folic acid, biotin, magnesium, protein, amino acid complex. <coughs> not going through the numbers. <laughs> But if you'd like to get a chart, if you'd like to get a chart uh, of, of this, I'll be happy to send you one. Uh, if you contact me, I can email it to you, or in whatever other form you'd like to get it, and I'll be happy to share that with you. So we're just about ready to go off the air. It's been a great pleasure to be with you. Um, I, I thank you for listening. I welcome your questions. Please send questions in, and we'll try to address them on the air so that uh, other people can get the benefit of, of uh, the information that you are looking for. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook. Let us know you're there. We're, we're just very happy to have you with us and to be able to bring this information to you. So uh, you've been listening to Mind, Body, Spirit, Living a Holistic Life with myself, your host, Renee David Alkali. And our motto is, uh, health is a journey, not a destination. Thank you so much for being with us, and we'll be with you again next week, God willing.
Fios is not cable. We're wired differently, which means you can get the fastest internet available with equal upload and download speeds from 50 to 500 megs. So you can upload 200 photos before your favorite song is finished. Click the ad and switch to Fios today to get our best offer ever.